I mean, that's... I don't know how possible that even is. All right, we'll talk about that later. Hi, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about Jean-Claude Van Damme for the second time. It's the Guys on Film, Jean-Claude Van Damme Special Part 2 podcast. Van Damme. Okay. All right. Fine. Uh, We are talking about Van Damme again. The last time we did was on episode uh, 20 or 21. It depends on whether or not you count minisodes. But either way, it was back in February of 2017, so it's almost a year ago. So for those who have forgotten what we talked about before, I think, to be honest, you know, see this as a brand new opportunity. We're just going to be covering a lot of his career this time. We're going to try and do the same thing that we did with Arnold Schwarzenegger, where we went through every stage, every movie. And I think now we're going to go for more of like an awards approach, like best bits over his career. Better yeah. detail on some stuff. Okay. It's a bit yeah. of a regeneration, I suppose you could say. Yeah, colon regeneration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, what else is on this week's show? I'll tell you what else is on this week's show. Apart from JCVD part two colon regeneration, uh, we've got our life scores. <laughs> sure. That's that's a given. Uh, we've also got a Seggy one, which... I mean, I've had nothing to do with, so maybe you should fill me in like uh, Craig David would fill someone in. Oh. You know the song. Sounds nasty. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) You're getting filled in, mate. Um, Let's have a more Sunday Craig David, like a, you know, the the day when he's chilling out, not not the, what is it? I went to the, not the Wednesday one. I don't want Wednesday one. Well, this Sunday... Uh, Craig David is opening his laptop. He's going to imdb.com and he's giving some 10-star reviews for his favourite Jean-Claude Van Damme films, um, which is the way I like to imagine Craig David spends his Sunday afternoons. Um, yeah. So basically, I've got a list that you can potentially get wrong dead wrong if you guess them incorrectly. I've got a list of films that I'm going to give you the 10-star glowing reviews from the biggest uh, JCVD nerds that are out there and you okay. have to guess which one the reviews describe him basically so like craig david Some the big, the big nerds like him i mean i mean he's gonna need a chilled out sunday after you know a few days of sweet love making with somebody that he'd only just met on the monday yeah and i mean this girl's been asking him to do the splits and <laughs> craig david was yeah. just in no condition to do it he was caught unaware yeah okay. so he went home, watched a couple of JCVD films for tips and pointers, and he certainly got a pointer. What? <laughs> okay, well, it's normally at this point where you go on about the different ways that people can uh, contact us or how they can, you know, like and subscribe and share the podcast. But actually, what I want to do mm-hmm. is give you 10 reasons why you should, you know, when someone asks you, why should I like it? Uh-huh. You can give them any of these 10 reasons so shall i run down choose one number one okay it's a no shouting zone wow okay so we don't we don't do all that shouting business that that you know people tend to do on on the podcasts 
We're not yelling, who, we're not who, high for example. Just, you know, the types. The ones that talk about Batman. I mean, okay, we did yeah. talk about Batman. Okay. All right. Uh, number two, everybody's invited. Wow, wow, wow. Men, women, not children, but men Gender and women. Gender fluid. They're all invited because, you know, we're, we're just all inclusive. Come on in. Come on into the submersible. Men, and children, and women, children are not invited. No, as they're it's explicit in here. They're not. It's, it's an E. Uh, number three, we've got two completely unique and distinct British Isles accents. <laughs> Fine. Move on. Number four, some but minimal superhero chatter. Okay, I mean, it feels similar to the shouting one, but let's move on. Neither of us wear snapbacks is number five. Oh, that's a good one. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, number six, it's a rich source of IMDb gold. Whoa. That's Internet rich Movie source. Database. Rich source. Like a, a Waitrose uh, highest quality Creamy ketchup. bolognese sauce. Bolognese, yeah. <laughs> really extra chunky extra garlicky oh, I was thinking of the creamy white bolognese sauce that's not bolognese that's like a lasagna that's what you'd put on a lasagna or a carbonara oh yeah sure, that's what I meant yeah sorry las- lasagna sauce it's a good job we're not the guys on pasta podcast but we could be I mean we could be a lot of things <laughs> but we chose to do this um, number <laughs> number seven um, genuine rapport what yeah number eight great jingles I imagine you've maybe put an example in there. Okay. Um, Number nine, a fantastic edit every week. Wow. (laughs) Sure. And number 10, it's out on a Sunday, so it's very holy. Great. Mm, I'd rather, I'd prefer, I actually just said prather, as I tried to say prefer and rather. Prefer maybe just said it's out on a Sunday. So you've got no excuse not to. What else are you doing that's better? Exactly. It's a day of rest, so you know you can chill out. Uh, Craig David will be on uh, IMDb giving things 10-star reviews. You can be listening to the Guys on Film podcast. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. Okay, um, cool. There, there are reasons to listen. You can, you can tell people that, um, or you can also share our stuff online. So it's at Joef Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And we're facebook.com forward slash guys on film. On Twitter, we actually had a highly successful Batman thing from last week. So some housekeeping about that was... Housekeeping. That we put out a vote to ask who the best Batman was. So after our Batman episode last week, I asked, who did people think was the best Batman of the live-action modern era? So basically not... Adam West, the modern okay. era, but yeah. live action. So there's a bunch of other Batmans. And I just didn't include George Clooney because, you know, you seriously, options, he's yeah. not a contender. And there's only four options. And I I asked people if they had George Clooney, they could tweet us, but nobody did, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Apart from Mrs. Clooney. Yep. Fine. <laughs> the only reason Val Kilmer didn't get 0% of the vote was because I gave him a sympathy vote because <laughs> okay. uh, I do think he was alright but with 42% the prevailing Batman is Christian Bale wow Wow. was that a Christian Bale yeah that... it's like a Christian Bale wow I'm Batman yeah 
Okay, so there you go. Uh, pretty fun. If you want more fun like that, or if you disagree with it, you should get back in touch with us on the internet. Okay, cool. So, shall we seggy one? Let's seggy one. Guys on Bill. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. Oh. All right, seggy one. Let's do it. Okay. I've got a thinking syrup, Ollie. All right. Nice. So, movie number one. Here is uh, some of the glowing review for this one. It comes from somebody called Calanvas17 from way back in 2005. So, you know it's not one of the more modern movies. Okay. Um, Noted. So, here's the header. One of the best action-slash-sci-fi films ever made, in my opinion, with a kick-ass story and two amazing performances... From Van Damme and Bleak. So, uh, the overall review, Ollie, is 663 words. Okay. I'm going to give you a potted version. The opening is quite disturbing and very memorable. It's quite original and it had a fantastic all-around cast. Plus, it's exciting throughout. The finale is one of the best ever, and I thought the ending was really neat and quite emotional. Plus, it had some great fight scenes as well. It's one of Van Damme's best performances, and I thought it was extremely well written and made as well. Plus, I can't really believe that this has only got 5.5 rating, as it should be much, much higher in my opinion. It's a really brilliant film. I just love the whole concept of time travelling. Plus, it's very imaginative and creative as well. All the characters are very likeable, and I really hope they make a true sequel to this, with both Van Damme and Bleep back together. Plus, it has quite a few shocking and disturbing scenes as well. It's really disturbing, but very memorable. So you may have picked up maybe a small amount of repetition in that. Okay, just just a tad. Um, what, what would you guess that this is? Obviously, Time Cop deals with time travel. And he also sure. duos in that film with himself. So I'm going to say you've bleeped out the second Jean-Claude Van Damme and it's actually Time Cop. Okay, um, I, I, oh, your logic is slightly wrong because it was actually referring to co-star Mia Sara, uh, but you are correct on the film. It's Time Cop. Okay. Nice. Um, got some other quotes around Time Cop that are uh, worth mentioning. Uh, somebody else said, the action delivered on a shoestring budget flits comfortably between centuries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so here's one here it says um, the director granted Van Damme several clever martial arts scenes in the most famous one the hero avoids electrocution by doing the splits over some bench tops so basically yeah. what that's referring to is uh, there's a scene where a guy has a taser and there's water on the floor Yeah. and uh, the guy shoots the taser at the water which by the way is yeah. dripping its way towards him like the bad guy <laughs> is going to <Yeah>. get <laughs> electrocuted yeah. whichever way it goes um, and Van Damme jumps in the air and does a split splits on sort of like a countertop in a kitchen and uh, avoids the the shockingness um, and the gut and the and the bad so, team kills himself yeah yeah okay um, a sort of bitterness in the second part of this um, saying Time Cop 1994 remains a solid entry in the time, time travel genre followed nine years later by a confused wooden schlocky 
and deliberately Asianized sequel that threatens to ruin the franchise. <laughs> Whatever Asianized means. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Um, okay. And one other, which was a particularly bad one on Time Cop, was uh, another excuse to put Van Damme's curves on screen. Oh, lovely curves. I think the only good things of this film are the sex scenes. Brackets, they are unconventional. <laughs> and, a pair <laughs> and a pair of action scenes. Brackets, the typical sci-fi macho action. But JC's movements make them worth seeing. This person wants to check out the curves, basically. Can I, can I just read you quickly the sex and nudity on this film? Because you said it was unconventional. I'm just going to read it. Yeah. And, and I'm discovering this as I'm reading it. So this is going to be, uh, you know, learning for us all. So sex and nudity. Live learn. <laughs> live learn. In live learn mode. Um, a computer tech participates in a VR simulation involving a fully nude woman who moves in closer to him and appears to be performing a sex act on him. Laura Murdoch's breasts, nipples and pubic hair is shown through her, uh, though her legs are positioned so that she doesn't show the camera her vulva. <laughs> I was, I was going to go into the details of like are and is shown and like the grammar and stuff like that, but then when it hit with vulva, it I think we should just move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, move um, on. Okay, so second movie. Here we go. So, very well-directed action-slash-espionage thriller. If you go into this expecting a new outlook on life when it's over, then you'll probably be disappointed. But if you're looking for a well-directed, well-choreographed, CG-free, military-themed action film, brackets with MMA in it, you will enjoy it. So that's, that's quite a specific set of requirements for you to enjoy it. Um... Ian, I'm going Anyone to knocking this movie needs to take their thumb out of their ass. They're spelled incorrectly. Me? Yeah. I'm going to buy myself a copy from Walmart and add it to my collection. Okay. Okay, this review is in 2010. So this is mi- it's military themed. It's got MMA. Sure. <sighs> I think if it was a movie from much earlier than the 2000s, People wouldn't be referring to it as MMA anyway, really. That's right. Relatively, yeah. Okay, now... So that was I a think clue, I can, mate. Yeah, so I can only really go for, for one here, um, and I'm going to go for it. It's Universal Soldier, colon, Regeneration. And you're correct. That's two out of two, Ollie. Yeah. The pressure is now on with me to actually uh, say that you're wrong, dead wrong, even once. Because we've okay. only got one movie left this time, right? Okay. Okay, here it comes. The and third that, that one movie had an actual. Sorry, Ian. That that one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has an actual MMA MMA man in it, doesn't it? A man. Yeah. Uh, yes, it does. Now I have conveniently forgotten what his name is. Um, uh, it's Andre Arlovsky. Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. cool, cool, great, yeah, yeah. Okay. Teamwork, we got it, got it at the end. Okay, okay. numero three, here's your uh, last one. Okay. Okay, another slightly long-winded one. Header, great Jean-Claude Van Damme film. Every time I view this film, I enjoy the great photography of Hong Kong, the beauty of the country, excitement of nightlights, and the forbidden areas of the dark back streets and its perils. 
Hmm. Claude Van Damme gave the audience a double take every time he made a fantastic martial arts endeavour. The gals in the picture had some hot, steamy scenes. Especially in the boiler room. If you're not a Jean-Claude Van Damme fan or do not like the great acting of Jeffrey Lewis, this is not the film for you. You will probably like the Terminator films. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Go and watch okay, those I've, shitty I've some... Terminator films. <laughs> yeah, I've got some other ones. Uh, this one was just a sort of headline. It's not the full review, but somebody said, 2X Van Damme equal fun. <sighs> and then it says, double the Van Damage. Another review yeah. from 2003. A great action film with great fight scenes, great humour, and two Jean-Claude Van Dams. Can't get any better. This movie reminds me of when I was young. It was a type of movie I couldn't watch because it had swearing, violence, nudity, blah, blah. <laughs> Good popcorn flick. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for the only one that I think it could possibly be is Double Impact from 1991. Okay. Uh, because that one has 2X Van Damme. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take that as your final answer just to say that you're wrong, dead wrong. What is it? Oh, actually, no, you're not. You're correct. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what did you think it was? I, well, I thought it was double team because I've accidentally written it down wrong, <laughs> but I thought that you'd mixed them up because I've, I've just been watching double team right before this. Fuck. Hey, you've got it right, no, dead right. Double team's so that's got, three out got of three. Uh, rodders in it. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. And Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen all of the movies that we had a chat about? You haven't seen Regeneration? I've seen uh, Double Impact and Time Cop was the first film um, that I snuck into the cinema to see when I was far too young. So I think it was in 18 when it came out and I was nowhere near. Okay. Yeah. A friend bought the ticket and then we kind of did a splinter cell slash metal gear solid style sneak past the guy ripping the tickets up and you know i just managed to get in it was it was thrilling the thrill yeah it was, was a, palpable it was a real thrill yeah yeah okay should we do life scores yep live score how are you live score i'm fine thank you live score out of 10 Live score. Pro- probably like a, a four. Um, shall I tell you my life score, Ollie? Yeah, please do. Okay, so I'm thinking I'm an 8.5. I'm feeling good. Uh, okay. Let me do some explaining. I've got some <laughs> explaining to do. Okay. Um, I told you last week that I had a bunch of films that I'd bought recently. So I had Raw, I yep. had The Transfiguration. I yep. got It Comes at Night and I got The Leveling. So I've watched Raw. I talked about that last week. Yep. I then moved on to The Transfiguration. And I think those two films are pretty good double bill from last year. Um, okay. There's a little bit of bloody biting that goes on in both. But the only thing about The Transfiguration is it's not as good as Raw. And I think it's kind of like a sub let the right one in. Um, okay. It, it, I think it kind of wants to be like that, but it's not quite as good it's done on a shoestring budget though and I did watch the sort of special feature thing on it so like it seemed like a cool production but despite being pretty interesting and cool it just didn't have like a mood and feel all of its own like um, yeah yeah it, it had some some problems so 
the um, the synopsis on this is the official synopsis. A chilling take on the modern vampire movie from first-time filmmaker Michael O'Shea. Set in Queens, New York City, The Transfiguration is an atmospheric horror that focuses on 14-year-old Milo, a troubled outsider who takes refuge in the vampire mythology he studied to the point of obsession. So, there you go. Um, He gets caught up in some trouble with some people in the neighbourhood he's in, and then, you know, a variety of things happen after that. (laughs) I won't give it away. Anyway, so, I watched that recently. I'm going to watch The Leveling tonight. And then, mainly, I've just been watching Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff. Has, has, sorry, Ian, has the transfiguration got any uh, good gore in it? Um, There's a bit of a harrowing bit where the character who does the goriness goes after an older person but then upon like getting in their house they actually realise that there's a kid in there who spotted them and they go after them the kid's very young and it's just not so nice to see Okay. Uh, so that's probably the darkest bit of it Okay. but I don't think the gore is as good as Raw still highly recommending Raw Okay. and that's not WWE Monday Night Raw that's a double recommendation for the movie Raw um so besides that, uh, things are just they're going all right. Okay. Um, doing lots of planning. We're doing some planning for stuff that we're gonna do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots of things looking good. Um, I intend to watch in preparation for half marathon time, which for me is yeah. May the twentieth. Okay. Um, I'm gonna probably tomorrow watch half of uh, Dustin Hoffman in. Marathon Man. Ah, uh, yeah, just half of it. Yeah, so I'm just going to watch half, the first half, half of Marathon it. Man, yeah. Maybe watch yeah. the okay. other half of Marathon Man, maybe like closer to the time. Because yeah. if I watch the whole film, then doing a half marathon will just be piss easy. <laughs> yeah, you want some challenge. So how is your training going? Yeah, so Tell me. This weekend is genuinely going to be the start of it. Okay. Not being out, but I think after, after this weekend, I'll be attempting to do at least two runs in the week and I think I'm going to be trying to do those in the morning before I go to work okay so, so half five nice starts up outside back washed off to work commute so we're going to see how that all goes yeah the early bird been struggling a little bit in the mornings if I'm honest with you um, like I've been sleeping in a bit later than I usually would so okay. I'm going to have to get myself back into wake up early mode yeah, okay. But yeah. So, Ollie, um, I've just got a new pair of boots. Can you beat that? That's making me feel 8.5. Um, How are you doing? In terms of new things that I've got, um, I've I got... I mean, commodities can't make you feel better in a sort of deep way. No, but I'm... See, I'm now into my second week of half marathon training. So I've done about... <laughs> Uh, three runs this week um, of varying intensities and I went out last night to do uh, a run which was a a slow run with a fast run in the middle followed by another slow run at the end okay Okay. Um, and what sort of distances were these um, splits 15 minutes so I was doing it in time and then running uh, in a particular heart rate zone okay Okay. okay. What, uh, and what then sort I'll... of apps and things are you using for this fancy? So I'm using a Garmin Forerunner two three five watch with Garmin Connect app. 
Um, okay, is, I mean, I wish you kind of hadn't said that because we're not sponsored. We're we're live wires. We don't need sponsorship. I've bleeped it. I mean, it. we do. I've bleeped we it. Don't, yeah. don't, okay, okay, good. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm using that. So I'm following a, a training plan, which is uh, five runs a week at the moment. So okay. I'm taking it seriously. On Sunday, I've five got runs a, every seven days. Yeah, I've got a run um, ninety minutes non-stop on Sunday. So how do you feel about that? 90 minutes non-stop Sunday? Yeah. After my first couple of runs, mate, once I'm, once I'm back out there. on the road, I'll, I'll yeah. be there, no problem. Yeah, I mean, 90 <laughs> no, I mean, minutes I, I is like... I think I might struggle. I mean, that's how long I like to watch a film for, so I think 90 minutes is a good time for me. Um, so in terms of what I've got, I actually have got myself some uh, uh, a head torch because I'm running a lot in the in the evening and I've also got uh, some straps to go on my Bad arms which also illuminate as well oh. because I'm you know very concerned about running into cyclists down the park because it's not very well illuminated so um, in terms I'm, of I'm concerned I've, about running into cyclists because yeah. usually in London London they're total pricks but fine. yeah yeah okay uh so in terms of what i've been doing um i watched last night jim and andy uh, i know you've already seen this one um but i actually yeah. think it's quite timely that i've seen it because the feels like some of the stuff that he's doing in it and a few quotes from john claude van damme about his time on certain films and you know a little bit of his time on the film jcvd you know and how he kind of stays in character and how it is hard to leave that character behind uh when a film's finished you know is is you know a bit a bit similar mm-hmm. um i i re- i really enjoyed it i thought it was uh pretty a pretty crazy watch and like you know me i'm not normally one to like really give any kind of method acting any kind of time of day whatsoever it felt like it was the best way to do it and definitely gave me a lot more respect for Jim Carrey. Um, and, I, you know, I really like him anyway, so it's not like I, I had any disrespect for him. But it's also made me kind of want him to do What's something else. What's this big gripe that you've got with uh, Jim Carrey? I've been hearing <laughs> that he's a, bit, uh, he's a bit worried about it. You know, I didn't dislike him anyway, but it's kind of made me respect him more. But I, I kind of wish he had one more Truman Show or Eternal Sunshine left in his career that he's going to drop on us at some point. Now he's kind of grizzled and, you know, looking a bit, uh, you know, hairy. I think he's got, I think he's got one more big drama film in him and I hope he does it. I hope he doesn't really just spend the rest of his life kind of, you know, pondering thoughts about the universe. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, I would agree. What do you reckon is his big Mickey Rourke comeback? Well, he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need the comeback. He's already back, isn't he? He's not. You know, he's not any kind of disgraced actor. He's fine. You know, he's he's right. just I know, kind but of I mean, taken. Was a, Mickey Rourke disgraced, or did he just get shit and beaten up from real life boxing? <laughs> yeah, I mean that is kind of disgraced, isn't it? You you know, not very good at, at protecting your face. Um, he, you know, may, maybe someone on death row or something like he could, you know, play that kind of thing where it's like sad AF. You know, someone wrongfully on death row. You can imagine he's now got the beard. I don't know. Maybe. maybe yeah, not. I mean, um, like um, he did I mean, the that's just a fictional 23. person. 
I, yeah. I kind of forget what um, the number 23 was really about. It's someone's obsession with sort of locks and keys and numbers or something like that. I don't know. Um, I may have mentioned it on a previous podcast, but Manhunt uh, Unabomber has um, Paul Bettany playing the Unabomber, and he okay. grows out a big crazy beard and lives in a hut for a while. Um, okay. Which is probably the type of thing you're thinking of. Have you watched that yet, Ollie? No, uh, I'm waiting for a girlfriend of the podcast to uh, Mandy to decide that she also wants to watch it or commit to not watching it <laughs> so I can watch it. Okay, you're waiting her for, to decide that she will watch it. Yeah, that's an interesting scenario. Okay, cool. All yeah. right. Um, what's your what's your actual score? Oh, I'm all right. I'm enjoying the training, even though I'm very tired. So, you know, I'm going for an 8.5 also. Okay, so that's even Stevens going into the deep dive. Now! Ian, I'm going to start now. Do you know okay. who was born... On October the 18th, 1960. Tough. Is it the I mean, how can you think about about who we're talking about? Just have a think. Yeah. Yeah, and then... um, Jean-Michel Jarre. (laughs) It's actually... You're very close. It's uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And also Ah, born on... Born on uh, that very day, but in a different year. I'll tell you a few others <coughs> just to know the kind of company he's keeping on his birthday. So who he has around uh-huh. for his party to do the pass the parcel with? Zach Efron, uh-huh. um, you know who we have okay. previously described as somewhat like a hunk idiot. Okay, yeah. Who would win in an ab off at the pass the parcel party with uh, JCVD and Zach Efron? Uh, prob- probably Zac Efron to t- be fair I, mean, I tell you tell you what why don't we just get Owen Wilson to decide <laughs> yeah do you reckon it's Owen Wilson's like ever had ha- ever had a, a six pack don't think so but I'm currently searching Google <laughs> okay uh, also Howard Shaw uh, composer of the music for The Lord of the Rings okay so he can he can do the music for musical chairs at the party and uh, Colby Keller. I've just seen this picture and it's a, a very rude picture for IMDb. So let's just leave it there. Okay, I mean people can look that up in their own time, but we'd prefer them to use their spare time to go tell people about our podcast. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So there we go. That's the kind of uh, company that he's he's keeping. He's also known as sure. Muscles from Brussels, or just JC, or JCVD, and okay. he is uh, or just five, VD. five Walking foot VD. Yeah, five foot nine inches and three quarters. That's what it says here. I mean, I don't know how you say that properly, but you know. I mean, that's the classic. You know, not quite five foot ten. So. How, how, how tall are you? Uh, well, you know, like five foot nine and three quarters. <laughs> if you can ar- argue over a quarter inch, then... You know. Just give it him. I mean, so, include the hair and let him have it. Just grow the hair out and call it five foot ten. Yeah. 
Okay. Um, I've got some trademarks for you here. So we, we, we started to do these quite a lot now. Uh, so trademark number one, thrilling one and all with his 360 degree ultimate leaping and super flying karate kicks. Yeah, but the key thing is karate kicks. He, he pretends yeah. that they're part of other martial arts quite regularly. Yeah, but he is a point-scoring karate man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Much like I seem to remember your uh, daughter Rosie was at one point as well. She still is. She's recently uh, moved up another belt. So well done, Rosie. Great. Well done, Rosie. Also, uh, just a question between dads. Um What's You're going on with that shadow referee? Just for those who've <laughs> gone from part one straight into part two. Uh, yeah, the shadow referee. Uh, he has not yet been summoned. He unfortunately uh, died in uh, an incident uh, after a school <laughs> assembly that only parents attended. Uh, was seen yeah. being dragged off by a man in running shoes with uh, a Garmin watch. Uh, a, a what watch? No one really knows. We, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he frequently performs the splits in his he movies. He seems dragged into a shed. <laughs> <laughs> With his navel exposed. Uh, yeah. Clutching Sorry, the okay, picture more of trademarks. Taylor Swift. Um, frequently performs splits in his movies, which is definitely true. Uh, he's got a Belgian accent. I mean, that's, you know... That's he's got a bulging uh, accent. And he's a very muscular physique. So there we go. Okay, that's his, yeah. that's his trademarks. All those things are true. Now I've given you all of that. You've built a mental image of uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme in your head. Where do you want to go from here? I have watched Double Impact, um, even though it made, made it sound like I had no idea what it was earlier um, when I was mistaking the title. I've watched Double Impact. Then I've also watched uh, a more recent one from 2009, albeit like pretty much a long time ago now but it's one of his more recent ones Universal Soldier Regeneration okay why don't we start with one of our categories for awards and then we'll uh, go into a little bit of detail on um, Double Impact so I'd like to start with Best Outfit is that right? okay yeah sure Best Outfit okay so here are some of the ones that I have in contention Uh, I think I know what is best okay so the reason I bring it up first I think I know what is best I think uh, we'll all agree that Ian knows what's best. Um, So the first one is that, and this is why I tie it into Double Impact, there's some obscene stuff that he wears in Double Impact. Um, Okay. And I think it's it's played up more because for those who are unaware, Double Impact is uh, a movie about two brothers, um, two twin brothers who are split, um, not at birth, but when they're very young, and they lead different lives in different countries. Yeah, so they, by happenstance, end up back together and they end up having to fight together to get back their family's wealth from some nasty gangsters in Hong Kong. So, by the way, that synopsis was Ian's well-remembered synopsis. Okay. Uh, I don't have notes on that. So I'd like some sort of plaudits for that. That was pretty well-remembered. This guy is great. So uh, I've seen stuff outfit-wise... I think what they do is they separate the two characters as as much as possible to try and make him look different. So there's gangster Jean-Claude Van Damme. Okay. 
Um, Which is what he sort goes of around fashion? wearing brown leather jackets, brown leather jackets, and like when he takes it off, he's got like one of those weird black vests on that John Claude always wears. Um, <laughs> Low cut black vest. Then the other one who he's been off and he's been sort of running. Uh, he's I think he's been in France or Sutin or you know, but anyway, he's um, he's running like a aerobics class with some ladies. Down in a sort of some sort of gym, and he's wearing all these fancy spandex sort of things. But then, when he goes on holiday, or what he thinks is a holiday to Hong Kong, he uh, turns up in pink chino shorts and polo shirts, and he's looking very flamboyant by comparison to his brother, who's like a tough gangster. But they kind of forget all that towards the end, and a bunch of the things that are supposed to separate them, like the haircuts and all that sort of stuff. They just end up getting kind of blurred together. Like even the fact that one of them is a martial arts expert and one of them is like a guns guy. Towards <laughs> okay. the end, like they're both they're, they're both, both firing kicks. guns and they're both yeah. kicking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's my first one. The obscene sort of uh, chino short sort of stuff. They're very short type of thing I'd wear. Second one I've got is obscene vest uh, with tracksuit bottoms. So this is a pretty regular thing in a lot of films. Yeah. So instead of just being a vest. He's got these vests that sort of end like about halfway up the pecs. And then the bands that go over the shoulders sort of seem to come down right into that. It's almost like the t-shirt completely ends at the pecs and then there are just two brace-like bands that hold them over the top. (laughs) But it's all the same piece of material. That's not from any specific film. That's just something that he'll wear all the time. It's a staple. It's a staple. Talking about staples, when he's in his own time... He'll also kind of go with a formal wear that's like extremely European. So this is not in movies necessarily, but when he turns up at premieres, he's always got this like kind of half casual, half formal wear thing going on where he clashes like blue and black all over the place and just <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's a diff. It's a difficult sort of fashion to look at. <laughs> right. Uh, and then my last one is uh, uh, this is. Probably the one that's pretty iconic. It was like taking the piss out of in uh, the Coors advert. But the hard target double denim with mullet. Yeah. Okay. So those are my four. What about you? Do you have other ones? Well, I've, I've got your... Yeah, I mean, I, I've only got one, which is my winner. So I'm going to give you that now. It's the... Uh, okay. The, the Ramstein funeral leather in Expendables 2. Okay. So he's, wear, he's wearing a, a big, like leather trench coat leather gloves um you know all in black sunglasses and he's also got like a satanic goat tattoo on his neck uh, i think it's a good okay. look it's it's a so it's, you were it shouts you were going for things that you think actually look good <laughs> yeah 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 i mean you know that's the one that i i would wear okay i mean i struggle to imagine if there are any of the things that he'd wear that i would but <laughs> no. He's got some pretty formidable glasses in that as well, sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just having a look now. It, it, I mean, fine. Yeah, it's very Ramstein looking. He's got Bono glasses on for some of it, by the looks of it. But um, yeah. Cool. All right. Okay. So I would say my fave of his is probably the uh, hard target double denim because he's got the mullet as well and the stubble. So I think he looks tough yeah. enough to pull it off. <laughs> well, and plus fact- he also fires. He fires like a nine millimeter pistol at a car, and I think it flips and blows up in the air. Or something, so. <laughs> well, he also bites the rattle off a rattlesnake as well. 
Well, he actually nice. knocks it out. He punches it twice, and then he bites the rattle oh, yeah. rattlesnake. Brilliant. So, I mean, if you want to be able to do that sort of thing, I think you know what clothes you should be wearing. Yeah. I think uh, he described it as greasy samurai. <laughs> greasy something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. All right. right. So, uh, what should we go on to next then? Uh, do you want to carry on going through the categories? Okay. Next, we have best hair. Uh, I mean, this has got to be an open and shut case, hasn't it? Well, okay. Tell me, tell me what your first one is. If you've if you've got more than one, is it just one? Uh, it's it's just one. I've only chosen winners. Um, okay. For me, there's no doubt. So about all of it. yours are an open open and shut case for everyone. Oh, so yeah, for me, for me it is, yeah. Uh, yes, there's no doubt about it. It's the hard target premium uh, greasy mullet. Uh, it's okay. one of the finest uh, mullets that have, has been on uh, the silver screen, you know. So I think it's, uh, it's an easy winner. He, I mean, he also did have an Amish look in one of his films. And he, he also had like long hair and he's had his kind of... Uh, Frosted tips. Uh, is he was he guile in Street Fighter? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, kind of like. I mean, he didn't go the full mo- mohawk, but you know, he, he kind of went just you know slightly spiky hair. But I think you know the mullet for me wins it. And if you say anything else, I'm going to question it. So on the on the hard target poster, which weirdly the hard target poster has got like a it's got an arrow on it. And I don't okay. think he really uses an arrow at any point in the film. I think it's all guns. Well, he probably guns does. plus martial arts. It, isn't it anyway. the people that are, that are chasing him that might use that, that type of apparatus? Maybe, Because he's yeah. being hunted, isn't he? He's being, he's being hunted. But what it's I would say poster. is, on the poster, the mullet is almost completely concealed. And that's what I was going to say is great about this mullet is that there are a number of angles that if you if you look at the mullet, you could almost think that he's just got a normal haircut, where it's short back and sides. Yeah. Um, you can only see the business part of it. Yeah, it's all business up front, all yeah. rock and roll at the back end. But for the eagle-eyed, so, yeah. you can see just by his chin, there's a few curly locks just poking out, just you know teasing you in, saying, "I'm also here to party." <laughs> yeah business in the front party in the back okay yeah. um, I would say that the, one of the ones that I've got here is not my favourite I think I would probably agree with you on that but my my other notable mention is in um, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning and some other more recent ones he's completely bald <laughs> <laughs> yeah baldy baldy pants and in Day of Reckoning, I think he's had his uh, eyebrows dyed black, so he ends up looking like the baddie from Thunderbirds, Jerry Anderson's Thunderbirds. Uh, right. The, you know, the hood. Yeah. So he looks exactly like that. Um, and he appears in people's dreams in like weird strobe nightmares, uh, just as a big man baldy. He's not, he's not got the best bald head, I'll say that. I mean, I've never shaved my head, so I don't proclaim to have a great bald head. But, right. I mean... I don't think Someone you'd have a good bald him. head. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Yeah, I don't think you you don't think I would. No, I don't think you Fine. would. Uh, you'd be able I mean, to. I mean, I don't it. think you would either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Go fuck yourself. I would like for someone to say that they're sorry. Okay, so Shut next up. category. Uh, best split. Okay, best splits. Shall we do uh, this? Let, yeah, this yeah, is really split. pretty much the centerpiece. And for my for my winner, we've actually already spoken about it. It's the time cop uh, kitchen splits. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, there he's also doing it in pants, well boxer shorts that are kind of going half up his ass. <laughs> That's what does it for you. Well, I just I just think it's a you know it's a difficult uh, look to pull off, but pull it off he does. Pull something off. Um, what you get up to in your shed has nothing to do with the best splits from Jean-Claude Van Damme films but I shall tell you some of the other ones that I had been thinking of right so the dancing splits in Kickboxer I think we mentioned in the first podcast uh-huh. uh, so he just bounces down does a little bit of like side to side boom boom um, yeah. and dances in front of some impressed uh, Thai women who then are protected by the big hard Thai blokes who try and fight and then he uses the splits another two times in the same scene where um, he splits and then like punches two people behind him from the floor yeah, which is you know a practical use rather than a dancing use yeah. and then he also at another point in the same fight he jumps in the air and does the splits and kicks two guys right in the face right who walk right into it? So it's practical. So talking about and party. talking about yeah, talking about using the splits as an attack. Did you know that um, Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat was was basically supposed to be Jean Claude Van Damme? It was literally supposed to be his his image, but he just didn't want anything to do with it. Um, so yeah. that's why one of Johnny Cage's special moves is the split into a cock punch. Yep. Which was done in Bloodsport. Yeah. He he uses that in the movie Bloodsport, which is another good split. He also... So, double team. I have this vision of him doing the splits up in the corner of a ceiling and kind of hanging out in midair. Yeah. Um, I think it's during a training scene where he's trying to fix his leg again. He might not have okay. fully done the splits in that, I'm not sure. Um... But I would say probably my favourite is um, one of those ones from the dancing scene in Kickboxer. He also does this weird torture rack thing in Kickboxer where he eventually learns to get his legs to split. Um, and there's right. lots of like crunching sounds as if the muscles are torn up. <laughs> yeah, celery. What's the celery sound like? Don't know, mate. Somebody who can't do the splits trying to. Um, yeah, think and also it. obviously he's done that big Volvo advert. Yeah, that I mean, that's yeah, a that's a, that's a not really a movie, well, isn't it? but yeah, yeah, and apparently it's real. What you believe? I mean, believe anything, wouldn't you? I mean, you certainly would. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, um, let's let's just rattle through these last two. So we've got best colon. Okay, uh, here I'm going with AWOL colon absent without leave. Uh, basically because it is the title of the film anyway so it's kind of redundant <laughs> right okay but I didn't really get what you meant by best colon because uh, I just figured it was to do with what one has the weirdest implication if it's actually in relation to a colon so colon <laughs> retaliation is as if you had like sort of a big mad curry and then the next yeah. week your arse like devours you or like eats you whole um, it's just pure getting you back so like, Look, mate, I've had enough of you taking the piss out of me. Um, 
like ripping the shit out of me. Um, yeah. I want to devour you. So there's colon regeneration, which is probably what happens after some sort of invasive surgery, or if yeah. you've you know if you've lost it, some other sort of tearing. If you've lost your colon, it will just it will just come back. Yeah. Um, then there's also colon day of reckoning. Make that of that what you will. I mean, if it comes to that, then you've got other problems. <laughs> Should probably have thought of being veggie sooner if it comes to the yeah. colon day of reckoning. <laughs> Complete okay. removal of the colon. Ah, mate, should have gone veggie or something. <laughs> like 10 years um, ago. Uh, right, finally, just quick, best film. What's your, what's your best? Okay. What's your best are we, film? Are we close to running out of time here, Ollie? We've got, we've got, we can, we've got about 15 minutes to talk about his rebirth. If okay, we, cool. Well, if we get best through. film, I would say either Kickboxer because of what that that sort of sat alongside Rocky as my coming of age uh, fighty film sort of thing that I watched when I was young, like when I was a testosterone filled young man who was desperate to punch things. Um, yeah, I did Thai okay. boxing at the time, and I thought, "Whoa, this is amazing!" And then, obviously, then quickly realised that none of what he did in that film was even remotely related to Thai boxing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> sad, a sad but, day for you when you were being driven home. So how how was the the Thai boxing classy? And did you did you do what you wanted to do from the film? And you were just, you know, don't talk to me. No, I was just like, smash them bottles. I'm putting my glue hands in that and then punching you. (laughs) Yeah, and unfortunately, none of my close family members were um, (laughs) paralysed and I didn't have to avenge them and uh, all that nonsense. Uh, And then the other one, I think is a close second, and I am being genuine about this, right? I think Universal Soldier Regeneration has jumped right in here wow. as the potential wow. best film. The Kickboxer's got the nostalgia vote, but okay. Universal Soldier Regeneration is a genuine good film. Wow, wow, wow. Shockingly so, because I assumed a kind of a certain level of crapness based on there being a quick sequel to this, which was Day of Reckoning, which came a couple of years afterwards, had Scott Adkins yeah. in it, and I did start watching that, and it was it's pretty shit and I think yeah. yeah regeneration probably gets a bad rap because of that and probably because of a bunch of the other stuff that Dolph Lindgren and JCVD have been doing around the sort of 2000s and sort of beyond but it's really good it's got like uh, what was your best bit very Ian's straightforward script you're waiting for Ian's best bit yeah what's your best bit okay so I mean you're gonna watch it so I'm gonna end up giving away something pretty important but rather than say who Not. this is, somebody that yeah, he's okay. fighting with, they yeah. fly out of a window as they tussle. Another uh, universal soldier, another sort of uh, genetically modified soldier. They both the fight and then they tumble out of a window. A unisol. And they land on the ground outside. And he then shoves this soldier down onto a pipe. And the pipe goes right through the soldier's head. And because the unisols are kind of resilient and able to sort of take a lot of pain, he kind of continues to talk for a little while, but it's a little bit sort of muggy. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme shoves a shotgun down the hole of the pipe and then blows the brains out the back end of it. Jesus. That's my best bet. So what I will say is that this film 
is relentlessly like hard from a gore and violence point of view from the very start to the very end and it's really good i would say the baddie in it is formidable enough that you get worried when he's on screen like he's just <laughs> like a total killer you know the same way with um it's like tense when the terminator is after sarah connor and you're just like oh god like there's nothing's gonna stop this guy it's the same thing with this yeah. like it's it's done well enough that you think this guy is really formidable. I'm like, I'm worried Sweaty for these characters. Time. He better get out of the way. And then when he does his killing, some of it is very brutal. Um, there are a lot of nods okay. to other sci-fi in it as well. Um, worth kind of keeping your eye out for those. One of them, I would say, is um, that the main Unisol soldier that's like a really big bugger, the one that's played by the UFC champion guy, He's yeah. got um, these knives that can come out of his um, wrists that are like kind of on power things. That, and I think it, so it's done in a practical way where it's like basically a soldier could have these things for hand-to-hand combat. Okay. Um, so it's believable enough. But I think it's a little bit of an homage to like the T-1000. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, lots of other good bits in it. One of the funny things I find in it is that these men who are, <laughs> these unisols who are like sort of uh, impervious to pain get fitted with this sort of flimsy additional lightweight body armor <laughs> right like kind of semi semi daft but yeah that's um that's what do you think they it. should just be going around completely topless and bottomless <laughs> I mean have you seen Terminator yeah 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 that's how they I, send them I should I, I should get into a debate with that guy who said like Oh, this feels probably not for you. You should probably watch that Terminator or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. Um, so, so I mean, genuinely, yeah, Ollie, I would check it out. It's well good. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna because my my favourite of his is uh, the first Universal Soldier. I, I watched it a whole bunch when I was younger. Uh, I think it's a good, pretty decent story. He's good in it. Uh, so yeah, say no more because. What we want to move on to now is uh, JCVD's rebirthening. So, you know what he ha- he had he had it all. He w- his mo- his movies were making money. You know the time cops. The, the money was coming in. Each one was you know doing well. I mean, time cop made a hundred million dollars in the US. So you know he was doing okay. Um, and okay. then he got uh, so basically he got an, an offer from Universal for uh, twelve million dollars a film for a, a three film deal. Just to put that into some sort of perspective for Time Cop, he took home a cool five mil. Okay. Okay. Pretty good. Um, but he, like bloody idiot, turned it down. What? What the three film deal? Yeah. Because he demanded want, twenty million, he, he listen. He demanded twenty million, like Jim Carrey got. What What did Jim Carrey get those twenty millions for? Uh, that would have been for uh, probably you know like the mask, uh, Ace Ventura. Well, probably the mask and Dumber Dumber and you know whatever whatever else big big things that he was doing. But he was you know obviously sort Great of facts. you know able to get able to get twenty million. But but JCVD's point of view was that his films were raking in the cash so he should get you know that much money basically they kind of said nah mate then he kind of got 
as he would say, blacklisted. Uh, and then he had his little temporary downfall. He had his fair share. So of when divorce. when did the blacklisting Sorry, happen? You know, like your kind of ninety five, ninety six time. Okay. Like where where he just wasn't making. So, so you can see if you're if you're looking on uh, on his on his list. So he was making you know uh, quite a few sort of big films like Universal Soldiers and Hard Target, Time Cop. They were all making makes and then, and then he just went completely straight to video for a okay. you know for a long long time up until well I mean he had a he had a brief kind of like renaissance with JCVD which is actually a really good film and he's great in it and it's one of those moments a little bit like uh, Copland with Stallone or The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke where you kind of start seeing his talent shine through yeah I mean he he, del- he delivers this like six or seven minute monologue like uncut and it's just fantastic it's, it's, it's amazing Nicolas Cage has gone on record to say that you know that was that was brilliant acting. So I mean, Nicholas so, Cage should know a thing or two about that, right? He he knows a thing or two about about that. So um, yeah, so he also his his downfall was somewhat due to his his fair share of divorces. So you know he was just pure hogging them divorces, uh, not letting anyone else have any. Uh, he had about five of the buggers, and he was also doing a lot of lines <laughs> of uh, cocaine. Went completely uh, not, out of control. Not lines of dialogue. Not like the lines of dialogue he was doing. Uh, lines of white powder. Ten grams of okay. cocaine a day, allegedly, according to a, Ten a guard. Grams. A, yeah, to a, a according to a, an article on the Guardian that we could, you know, maybe share. So he was, you know, he was having a, a bad time, and he was. Where having does a pre- that even go? What do you mean? Where does it even go? Like, if you sniff that, where does it go? Like, you get 10 grams of white powder in your body. Maybe I mean, he's, he's never going to make weight for the karate championships. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe he was having it in milkshakes. Then. Or, like, just using it, seasoning everything with, with it. Donuts, just I mean, sprinkle like, a bit on. No. Up your nose, not just all in your lungs are sitting. Powder love. You better ask. <laughs> better ask him I mean you know I I don't know he was having a bad time and do you want to know what, what brought him back into reality go on tell me more uh, well it it was firstly uh, it was a, a good relationship secondly it was dogs so I'll just I'll just read you this little this little thing uh, from 2008 uh, it's a little quote and I quite like it because you know no matter how you know, low he went, or you know, you know, it was all like sort of bad circumstantial stuff. He, you know, he had a he had a, a substance problem. He had some bad relationships. You know, that that can happen to anybody. He wasn't hurting anybody. He wasn't being an asshole. Uh, he, he was just having a bad time. But he ma- he's managed to get through it now, so he's he's all good. But uh, animals really helped. So he says, I see dogs on the street, and I adopt them. I took seven dogs from Thailand, and a few of them are paralysed. One of them has three paws instead of four. One is limping, so we bought him a wheelchair. I spent my own money to fly them back by private jet. In commercial, they can have heart attacks because of stress. It's dark and icy cold. I love animals. I have nine dogs and a kitty. My biggest orgasm, not in a sexual way, is to walk with my dogs on the beach. In Belgium, we have these wide sidewalks. You feel like you're on the planet moon. 
and I can make them feel like movie stars. So, nice guy JCVD. I'm on the planet moon. So, nice guy JCVD. He he sorted his substance abuse problems out. He got himself into you know a good long lasting relationship, and you know he started being an animal lover. And I think that's you know that's admirable. And then the biggest okay. thing of all happened to him. Nice guy Sylvester Stallone comes along and offers him his big comeback in Expendables Two, which he says, okay. "Yes, I'll do it." I mean, nice guy Sylvester Stallone is questionable because there are all those oh, come on. about over the top. <laughs> it's one of my favourite films. It's speculation, right? But I'm just yeah. saying, before we go around tarring him with the positive brush, other people have been tarring him with a negative brush. So, Neggy brush. You know. Let's, let's okay. just keep a brush distance away from the subject. <clears throat> okay, so he was, the, he was cast as uh, the bad guy in Expendables 2. Um, it's pretty in good. Fact, because instead name, of being one of many of the expendables, it actually made him front and center as the sort of main baddie. Which is pretty yeah. good. Along with Scott Adkins, who is his yep. right hand man. Um and just so a little rate, quick really. a little quick fact for you that Scott Adkins uh took over uh lead action hero duties in Hard Target Two. So there you go. Yep. They've worked together four times. So anyway, Expendables Two was the was the was the big one, um, and he was a bad guy in it. And in fact, his name was get this, Villain, because you know villain, yeah. villain. Yeah, yeah. Did you get it. It's almost as good as Vil Ian last week as a Batman villain. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um, <laughs> who is your favorite on-screen sort of accomplice to? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Lundgren I, always, has been doing a lot with him recently. Yeah, I love Lundgren. Yeah. Uh, so much so that I'd quite like, I'd like to do an, a whole episode on the man. Uh, yeah, so I, I like it when he stars with, with Lundgren. And I like Scott Adkins as well. He's a, you know, a talented kicker, for sure. But he, I don't think he's a talented actor, I'm afraid. Struggling okay. with him That's fine. a little bit. All right. Okay, uh, so yeah, he did. He did. I Expendables mean, he could beat the too. show, me. And then he basically Jean Claude Van Damme then kind of became a bit of a meme. So first of all, there was the the core. I think it was the cause light beer adverts, where yep. he was like at one with nature and out in the cold in a vest, you know. And they were in the cinema all the time. And then, as you say, the, was it the the you know where he's doing the splits between the two trucks. I mean, that was, you know, that was so big, it was like on the news. It was just like a, it was uh, like a, a, it was like a viral advert, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it so big. went viral. It's on the news. So he went, he went, he went pure meme. Um, and also he did the Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, Funny or Die Make My Movie Challenge, where he basically did a whole bunch of action, kicking, shooting stuff in front of a green screen and then allowed you know anybody to basically use that footage and make little short films with his uh you know uh, action in it so again a, a very much appealing to you know that kind of internet audience so he's he kind of established himself as a bit of a a cool dude with cred um and then more recently yeah. obviously amazon have come along with a big briefcase of money and they've made john claude van johnson 
which is a, a series about him. It's a little bit of a parody about him and the sort of mu- movies that he makes, but it's also a little bit of a, a spy drama as well, where he's being cast in films, but you know he's always uh, you know a kind of double agent on them. I think it's quite funny. I've watched a couple of episodes of it now, and he's good in it. Certainly, he's he's definitely had his rebirthening and he's he's come all the way he's all the way back i believe regirthening uh okay cool what's next what about who you would like to see on screen with him next eh? uh i mean it's good it's a good question um thank you ian uh that is a you know it's a great question um what if owen wilson was to fight him in real life what would happen Oh, he'd get absolutely panned into the ground, surely. I mean, Owen Wilson. I think so. And I would, I would pay to see that. What I would say is that I've watched some videos uh, in preparation for this where Steven Seagal seems to just not rate Van Damme's uh, efforts whatsoever. Well, I'd like to see a fight between those two. Then that's what I want to see. Now, obviously. You know, Van Damme is pretty much a lightweight at this point. There was a point where he was very heavy up on top, where he was doing probably a lot of weight training. Now he's a lot more yeah. sort of slimmed down over the... I mean, he's still muscly, but um, he's a little bit more lightweight, whereas Steven Seagal, same cannot be said for him. Um, <laughs> no. So it'd be a bit of a weight mismatch in Seagal's favour, but I would say, you know... Van Damme's got the uh, movement and speed and cardio advantage, yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, so I mean, just just to end, I guess, I did have... Yeah. But I did actually have a look through his his uh, filmography and I've come up with some adult movie titles based on some of his films. So I'd like to run them past you okay. and just see what you think and then we can... And then you can play us out. Okay. Uh, okay, quality is highly variable. So, number one, we've got uh, Dick Boxer. <laughs> Green light. Okay, uh, double impact uh, and double team, names unchanged. Okay, so triple just, impact. Tri- triple triple team, yeah, maybe. Triple team. For that yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, shit in the bin because you thought of a better one yeah I'd green light mine okay um, hard on target <laughs> yes although I think you could yeah okay hard hard on target's good that's a green light I mean I, I imagine it's uh, someone on the run from um, trophy hunters and he's he's been given <laughs> a massive dose of Viagra <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's being he's being hunted, and they're going to chop off his boner if they catch him. Yeah. Okay. Green light. Yeah. Okay. Uh, time cock. Green light. Time cock is good. Yeah. Green light. Uh, finally, uh, replicant. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, can you just go through the spelling of that, please? <laughs> There's, there's no need. Green light, please. Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to do you want to see us out in your? I think that, uh, I think um, 
yeah, I think that was probably the most successful porno titles selection that we've had thus far. Uh, if you want more porno titles, then you can check the old episodes that we've got, including Christopher Nolan plus Porno Quiz from some time back, and then Porno Quiz Part 2. Uh, what episode was that part of, Ollie? I tell you what, guys, just go look at <laughs> what we're calling the archive. Um, yeah. You can find the You're links to those if you go to facebook.com forward slash guys on film and then you can find the link to iTunes and all the episodes are in there um, and then also there's links to SoundCloud also if you just go on your Android app you can just search guys on film and then hey it's easy man you just find them all or something uh, if you can tell ra- Alexa rather not what's that? you can tell Alexa yeah tell Alexa so so what I was going to say next is if you can't be arsed using your fingers or they've been chopped off like uh, one man's were in Universal Soldier Regeneration, then you can just talk to Alexa and ask her to get you the next episode of Guys on Film Podcast. You can also tell Google Home to do that. It's bloody easy, mate. Well, I mean, what would you say? What would one say in order to, to get it? I mean, just tell us the line of dialogue that you need to say. The line of dialogue. It would go something like this. Alexa, play the Guys on Film Podcast. Jesus Christ, it's black magic. Alexa, stop. Fucking straight into your voice, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, so it's pretty easy. Uh, as easy as that. Get in touch. And also, just go back to when Ollie was telling you the top 10 things about the podcast. Because when you meet somebody in the street and you go, that one is a right guys on film one. You just go up to them and whisper one of the top ten into their ear and tell them how to get the podcast. It's easy! Okay. (sighs) Okay. Until next week. Bye. Until next week. Goodbye. Maybe I'll start saying that uh, every week now. Until next week. Goodbye. (laughs) Sure, very original. Who else says it? Probably a lot of people. I'm going to stop recording. Bye.